What's up? What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's doing good. Hope you guys are all staying safe. Be safe, please. It's very important. Wash your fucking hands. Don't touch your face. Don't do none of that shit. And sanitize. If you don't, if you can't wash, sanitize. And do it as often as you can. If you touch a door handle and you're going to go get a croissant, sanitize your fucking hands. But that's my, uh, that's my public service message <laughs> to all of you guys. Wash your fucking hands. Um, nah, you know what? Honestly, it's been a while. I think the last podcast I did, when was it? I don't even know. I'm, I'm pretty sure the last one I did was like a fucking month ago. Um, I've fallen off considerably when it's come to podcasting. And you'll always hear me say, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. Well, last one I did was March 6th. So I did that shit over a month ago. And ironically enough, on that podcast, I was talking about the upcoming fight between Tony Ferguson and Khabib. We're not going to see that again. We are not going to see that fight for a multitude of reasons. And it's just not going to happen. Is it disappointing? A hundred percent. It's disappointing. How could it not be disappointing? Isn't this like the fourth time they've tried to make that fight? And for the fourth time, it's not going to happen. I think what bothers a lot of people, like if you've been dying to see this fight, I think that's the most frustrating thing is like everybody wants to see it. And there's just somebody up in the clouds that's saying this fight ain't going to happen. For whatever reason, we are never going to get to see Tony Ferguson and Khabib. Amazing fight, but kind of goes back to what I said earlier. If Dana White is able to put together this card that has, I believe, three fights, three title fights, or three big fights on some remote island that apparently he has purchased, I could be incorrect with that, so don't hold me to that. It could be incorrect. Um, but as far as like whether he purchased it or not, but apparently he's got some fantasy Island and he's going to be able to put together some fights. So we are going to see Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. If this all plays out, all plays out. And that's a big, if this all plays out. So, I mean, those are, that's a big fight. Then you have, what was the other fight? Oh God. He's talking about Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz as a potential fight. He was also talking about, um, what was the fight? Now I'm drawing a fucking blank and it's going to bother the shit out of me. I can't remember the third fight, but it was a big fight. I can remember that. Oh, Kamara Usman versus either Colby Covington or Masvidal. Look, man, all of those fights can be made at any one time. I think if, as far as Kamara Usman goes, if Masvidal's ready, give it to Masvidal. If Colby's ready... You know, you're going to have to make if, if all the fighters are available that they're considering the three fighters for that fight. And I think it's Leon Edwards. If all of those guys are available, then that's a more difficult decision that you have to make when you look at the scenario. But I think if one out of three are available, then you just take the first available option. I guarantee, at least in my mind, it feels like there's an 80 percent chance that this is not going to happen anyways. So really it doesn't fucking matter who you pick. It really doesn't matter. Because who knows if this shit's even going to take off or happen. 
So just pick somebody. I think Masvidal deserves the title shot. I don't know how you don't give it to him. Colby's been amazing. And I think if you give him that rematch, I think it's okay, that's it. Like, you don't need to justify it. People would probably understand. I mean, it's a trend that the UFC's had, I want to say, for like the last six or seven years. It's mind-numbing to me, and it frustrates the shit out of me because I think I used this reference before, but it goes back to Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw. When you get beat by that person, why is a rematch the best option? They just knocked the shit out of you. So why would a rematch be the best option? At least in my mind. Look, man, I'm not a fighter. But I'm not going to want to jump back right into the cage with the guy who just knocked me out. Right? So I don't personally like that. I mean, they're even talking about John Jones, Dominic Reyes. That is a rematch. How are we going to get these divisions to move forward if we keep having continuous rematches? What happens if John Jones and Reyes have this fight and it's you know the decision if it's not a finish is called into question we're going to do a third fight it just don't make no sense let's move forward there's a lot of contenders there's a lot of amazing fighters that deserve equal opportunity so let's give it to them and then you know one or two fights down the road if you want to go back and say okay dominic reyes is you know we're going to give him that fight or colby covington we're going to give him that fight sure but then if you keep giving rematches these fighters every time it just kills the division and it kills the plan like if you're if you're the ufc and i would imagine and i could be way out base here once again but i would imagine that when they look at a division of the top 10 guys and you got your champion and that champion beats number one so you got one and then you got one a and he beats one a so then you go down to number two or you do it opposite direction right (laughs) you know like you maybe don't start at 10 because 10's got to work his way up. But, you know, whatever the process would be if you were going backwards. But if you give the champion 1A and he beats him, but, you know, because 1A held the title for, you know, a year and defended it once, oh, he well, you know what? He's guaranteed a, a rematch, an automatic rematch. What the hell is that? Give him a rematch. I'm not questioning giving him a rematch. I'm questioning... Why give it to him right away? Not only is it bad for the fighter, it's bad for the promotion. Because how often does that fighter come back and win? How often? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm, I'm going to guarantee you it's, it's not a 50-50 split. It's probably 60-40 that fighter who's asking for the rematch loses again. You know, you look at, I got one example, Tyron Woodley and Steven Thompson. The first fight was closer than the second fight. And maybe Thompson wins that second fight if he doesn't get cracked in the fucking last round and go down. And Tyron has that flurry and Tyron wins the fight. So I just, and then you look at Steven Thompson. He hasn't been able to recover. Like he's had some good fights, but he also got knocked out by Anthony Pettis. So I just don't like the format. I don't like the format they're going with. Masvidal has been beating the shit out of people impressively. Give it to him. You know, that's that's just my opinion. I think that's I think that's the best fight you can go with. All right? I didn't even, you know, when I think about these three fights, I didn't even know Dominic Cruz was still fighting. And I wonder, is he still fighting or is it just he's the most available person and his health is there? 
because I literally thought Dom had retired. Uh, I'm going to search that actually right now because I'm pretty sure Dominic Cruz had retired. I don't even remember Dom. I'm pretty sure I remember Dom saying he would retire. Um, and uh, But I got to search. Just give me a sec, guys. Still trying to work this out here. I'm a little slow. Dominic Cruz retire. Retire. No, it could be wrong here. Dominic Cruz is gunning for a 2020 Henry Cejudo fight. Not retiring. Okay, so. and then But then you got another girl. Dominic Cruz has announced his retirement from MMA. Looks to focus on his budding. What, what is this headline? This headline just sounds. Looks to focus on his budding rap career <laughs> as daddy underhooks. Well, clearly that's a, that's some fucking fake news. I love the name though. <laughs> that's fantastic. As daddy underhooks. Oh my God. Can you imagine if Dominic Cruz had a rap career? If he can rap, Jesus, that's fucking news to everybody. And daddy underhooks. I love that. Perfect rap name for a fucking... MMA fighter. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, I I had I'm pretty sure Dom retired because of the three torn ACLs and things of that nature. Pretty sure he retired, but maybe he's the most active available fighter. And I will say in that fight, that's a dangerous fight for Cejudo for a number of reasons. Like Dom's a really good wrestler. Dom's very well rounded and you know, I hear this I hear this conversation about Henry Cejudo and how great he is. And I don't want to debate whether he's great or not, but I still think he did not beat Demetrius Johnson in that title fight. I think that was a hand-gifted title. Because I beg of you, if you're as big a fan as I am, go back and watch that fight and score that fight. Just look at that fight as a judge and and go back and score it. There's no way. I've watched that fight four times. There's no way I give that fight to Cejudo. At all. Demetrius was faster. Striking-wise, you know, I think I think you could toss up. I mean, both guys landed good shots. But I've always looked at fighting, and it's it's always been the conversation that if you don't take that fight from that fighter, meaning you don't beat him up, you don't, you know, knock him down a couple times in that fight. He didn't win that fight. I think a lot of people have argued Dominic Reyes beat John Jones, but did he really beat John Jones? Did he outland him a couple times? Did he land some strikes on him? Sorry, I should say a couple times. Um, did he outwork him in certain positions? Maybe. But did he ever have John Jones in danger that would make you think that, okay, this guy's taking that fight? Because if he didn't, then I think when fighters lose close decisions, yeah, you can blame the judging, but I would imagine when you're in that fight, it's hard to kind of assess your performance and, and, and how well or how aggressively you were controlling the fight. I think if you go back and look at it, maybe you might have a different perspective. But I'm not sure that in that moment, you can get up on the mic with, with you know, the great Joe Rogan and say, oh, you know, I think I won that fight. I think I won that fight. Because if I see the champion standing on the other hand, he's not bloodied, he's not battered. You know, he's looking good and, and as healthy as you can look after a five-round title fight, then you can take the fight from him. And that's probably, you know, a lot of people will probably question that or debate that and say, no, that's not that's not right. 
And maybe it's not. That's just the way that I view fighting. When I looked at the Demetrius Johnson fight, I didn't think Henry Cejudo had him in any danger. I don't think that he took the fight from him. Dominic Reyes, John Jones, didn't take the fight from him. Right? You know, Yoel Romero, uh, Robert Whitaker, good fight, good spots in the fight for both guys. But never once in the first fight did I feel that Yoel had him in danger. The second fight, you probably could argue that Yoel maybe won that fight. Once again, I think both decisions, whether you go either way, whether you you had Whitaker, you had Romero, I think it's a good conversation to have, but still tough nonetheless. And I always, when I think about judging in the UFC, it's probably one of the things that if I was put in a position, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. I'll be honest. I wouldn't know what to do because you're trying to watch a fight at 100% speed and you're also trying to assess the significance of what's going on did that strike land because you never know like in 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 a scramble did that punch completely connect was he rock like I watch fights and I love Joe Rogan I love Daniel Cormier I love all these guys that do the broadcasting because they're so fucking good but at times how are you so sure that shot landed with such effectiveness but they say it with such confidence because that's what they see. And I wonder if at times when you know fights are being judged and scored, maybe they have the same kind of perspective that, oh, that shot landed, but it maybe didn't actually land completely. Or the idea that you can tell that that individual is visibly rocked. And sometimes they're right, but also sometimes they're wrong. right? And I think if judges are looking at that fight the same way, I think it's... That's probably why we have as many inaccurate decisions or incorrect, I should say, incorrect decisions when it comes to outcomes in the fight, right? I've always said that I think fighters would be the best ones to judge fights, but I don't, not from that perspective. I think from a positional perspective, you know, how much value did that top control have later in the fight? You know, if you had top control for the first two rounds, how much were you able to wear on that guy so that come third round, fourth round, you were able to kind of impose your will a little more because you wore on him. So I think from a position, you know, positional perspective, I think fighters have a very, very important value when it comes to judging fights. And I think they should be more involved or at least have fighters teach courses on, you know, like I said, the importance and the relevance of position. I think it would help the judging. For sure. I mean, Joe Rogan, the narrative's always been there that you can't use boxing scoring system. I don't think the boxing scoring system, you know, is necessarily the problem. I think it's the lack of understanding when it comes to the sport. Look, boxing is boxing. MMA is MMA. They're not the same. You know, the the skills that you would have to be a successful boxer might not do you any good in MMA. But the scoring system could be utilized because if you're just scoring it on a you know a 10 plus system okay whatever your assessment is you're not going to you're not going to go into great detail and say okay well, well we're going to judge ground position we're going to judge you know hand fighting we're going to judge you know controlling distance you know like i said you're not going to judge all that that's going to be way too confusing and it's probably going to lead to far shittier decisions in the future i think the 10 point system is okay but I just think you need to have people that are educated 
within the fight game that understand, like I said, the relevance and the significance of the positions that are there, how much those positions affected the fight going forward. And I think it would make, I think it would make a massive difference for sure. But, you know, kind of go to go back to kind of, kind of went off track there, but to kind of go back to the, the cruise fight, yeah, I thought the dude retired, man. So I think he could win the fight. It just depends on where he's at. It really just depends on where he's at and how much he's been training. And, you know, cause he's been off for quite a bit of time. And one thing that a lot of fighters say isn't real, but I find it hard not to believe, especially when you're competing in the UFC at the highest level. Ring rust has to be real. You got somebody in there who, like Cejudo, who's been, who's been active. Not super active, but he's been active enough that, you know, that would make a big difference between him and Cruz. And, you know, Henry's proven he can crack. You know, and when you haven't been fighting, you know, who's to say you can, you can take those types of shots, right? Maybe you can, right? Like maybe a little break from the sport would help help you with being able to take those shots but you know all those theories can work in reverse as well you know maybe being away from the sport so long won't allow you to be able to take one of those one or two of those big heavy duty right hands you know the, especially when henry's that energy early on in the fight he's, he swings fuck with bad intention bad fucking intention he's trying to just kill you in there so we'll see though definitely excited if all of this can happen. This is all hypothetical. Nobody knows what's going to go on. So we got to wait and see. The The goal is May 9th. That's what they're striving for. Um, I also, too, I wonder, like, with all this uncertainty, what are these performances even going to look like? A guy like Ferguson's been training, and I'm sure all these guys are training. But, you know, one one day, you know, you, you get a call, and it's like, oh, okay, card's going. We're active. You know, we're going to get it. April 24th, and then you get a call fucking next morning. Oh, okay, no, you know, sorry, we're canceled. You know, governors, blah, 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 you know, we're not allowed to do it. All right, I'll get back to you tomorrow with another day. All right, you're sitting there, you're waiting, you're like, should I fucking train, blah, blah, blah. All right, you never know. You get a call two days later. All right, we're going May 9th. So I wonder what the quality of the performance is going to look like with all the up and, you know, the confusion and, you know, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Uh that's got a that's going to be you know interesting to see too right i do like the idea of fighting in an empty arena uh i thought that was pretty cool when uh who was it charles Oliveira and kevin lee i thought that was uh i thought that was interesting i thought that was really cool i think they should do that more often <laughs> won't be able to keep the sport up and running for much fuck you know very long but yeah i thought that was definitely I thought that was super cool, man. The empty arena. I think they should. I don't know. Well, they will never do that, but I think that's a. I think that's a pretty cool idea. Whew. God damn, it's been so long since I done one of these. My eyes is running out of breath. Um, fuck yeah, UFC man. These guys are crazy, but you know what I do need? I need a fucking haircut. That's what I need. I need a haircut. My shit looks all messed up. I've only been able to groom my beard because me, I tend to throw out everything. I throw it out, don't keep it around very long. So I threw out my actual hair cutting kit, which I shouldn't have done. Now I only have like like little trimmers for like your beard. You know, you might be able to groom your chest hair if that's what you do. But yeah, I ain't got nothing to like cut my hair. And then my girlfriend's like to me, well, you know, I can cut your hair. I'm like, mm, no, you can't. 
<laughs> you absolutely cannot cut my hair. And um, she's like, no, let me try. And I'm like, nah, man, my type of hair is like, if you fuck my hair up, there's no going back. And, you know, let's just say this whole pandemic lasts like three months. I can't be walking around with no fucked up haircut for three months. It's like, oh, it'll grow back. Yeah, it'll grow back, but it'll grow back fucked up too, right? And that's one thing that I personally don't fuck with. Like, I don't fuck with my hair, man. Like, my hair is my hair. Is my hair. It's not great to begin with, but if you let somebody... Like, I had an experience years ago uh, growing up when I was young. You know, we were all chilling one day, and, and one of the guys was like, yeah, I cut hair, and I'm like, oh, really? And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's see what you got. And I learned back then, don't... When somebody says that they can do something... And they're super confident. Questioning that confidence is okay. You know, you know, maybe show me a picture of whose hair you cut. Or <laughs> have you cut anyone else of our friend's hair? Right? Like, don't just be so quick to be like, all right, cool. This guy, he, does, he did a good job or he'll do a good job. This guy, as much as I love him, and I do, great guy. He fucked my hair right up. Like, he pushed my hairline back, like, really, really far. And I remember after that, I was, I literally cried a bit. I was so angry and I was like, why the hell did I do this? And I, even when I went to the barber, I took the hat off and the barber's like, what happened? And I'm like, uh, you know, an experimental haircut. He's like, what the hell did the dude do? And, you know, I'm, I put my hand on my head like y'all could see me. He literally pushed my hairline back. Oh my God. So far. And I already got like the widow's peak and like he faded that even lower. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so fucking bad. So me not wanting to let her cut my hair is not because I don't trust that she, she'll do an okay job. It's just me learning from my mistakes, learning from my lessons that I learned. And they were some harsh lessons. So I'm just like, nah, you know what? I got hair glue, you know. You know, maybe I'll grow long enough I get in a ponytail or something like that, like that. I'd I'd rather take my chances with that look than actually go in and fucking try to let somebody cut my hair. I think that's just for me, that's a that's a big, big, big fucking no no right now at this moment. That's that shit's just not gonna happen for me at all. I will I would go as far as to say I would rather, you know, pay 150 bucks just for a fade right now. Um, obviously, that's not an option. You know, even now I do that 2 a.m. I just, I'm so past the point of waiting. I hate waiting. I hate going and sitting in lineups or going to the barbershop. As much as I love the environment at the barbershop, sometimes having to spend, you know, one fourth of your day in there waiting, uh, it's not my thing, man. So, like, last time I was in the barbershop, I hit the guy up who most frequently cuts my hair now. And I'm like, yo, do you do, like, like, like house calls? And he's like, sometimes. And I'm like, yo, please tell me you'll do a house call. He's like, I have to charge you a little bit more. I said, yo, trust me. You can't put no price on convenience, bro. If I could just sit at my home and you can come to my home and you can cut my hair, done. We got an agreement, bro. You know, once every two weeks come by charge me what you charge me just you know make sure it's reasonable don't try to fucking rip me off and shit but like these guys are all good guys 
I'm down. And then as we were kind of mapping out that agreement and kind of trying to figure out the best day to do it, this whole pandemic and shit happened and just scared the fucking life out of everybody, rightfully so. And I got to tell you, like, when it comes to this pandemic, look, man, I'm going to be honest. Me and my mom talk about it frequently, whether it's, you know, on a phone call or whether I go drop her a tea and we're fucking 10 feet apart. You know, a lot of I don't I don't, you know, disagree with people being scared and, and being concerned. I'm scared. I'm concerned. You know, I'm concerned. How long is this going to last? You know, every time I come in contact with somebody, Jesus, you know, I feel different than I felt after I spoke to them. Everybody has that like paranoia and that concern. What has actually concerned me the most, and I don't even want to say concern me, it's actually frustrated me is like the amount of ignorance I've seen from people. And when I say like ignorance, I mean, I've had to break up fights. I've had to break up arguments, racial comments made to, you know, different cultures of people. Can't believe it. And it's not even from like the, your younger generation, right? It's, it's from like some older people, some seniors. I've even had people come up to me and be like, you're doing a shitty job. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, cool. Like your opinion is your opinion. I'm not going to try to change that. That's, you know, there's way more going on. You, your perception of me means absolutely fuck all to me. But, you know, I always wonder these people that have such strong opinions and have such shitty attitudes about things. I wonder what they're doing. Like, what are you doing to contribute to what's going on? You know, are you donating money? Are you are you buying supplies to take to these people that are less fortunate, whomever they may be? Like, what are you doing? You know, like one of the things that I live by and I tell everybody is like, it's easy to be a shitty person. It's fucking easy to be a shitty person. It's easy to point the finger and say, oh, you could have done more. Or you're not doing, you know, you're not doing what you're supposed to. But what are these individuals doing that are doing that? You know, I, I had a guy... And, you know, this actually happened recently. Come run up to me. And obviously, like I said earlier, I understand that people have fears. They have concerns, right? So anybody that comes to me with a genuine concern, I listen. Because it's justified, right? Whether or not they're ignorant, that I have no control over. But if they have a concern and they want to bring it to my attention, I'll listen and I'll follow up. Because that's just the right thing to do. You know, one of the things now is like you don't want to have people come and tell you something and they get the, the, the vibe from you that you just don't give a fuck what they're saying. Right. Because now would not be the time for that. You know. And, you know, this person came up to me. They had a concern. We kind of had some conversation and they just weren't happy. Like it, it wasn't going to matter what I told this person. They were not going to be happy. Like you should have seen the way they charged up to me when they realized that I was the manager and I, you know, I ran the store and even in the way that he approached me, you know, I, I think about first thing that came to my mind is, well, you're upset. So I get that, but you got to give me six feet of distance. So as soon as I had mentioned that to him, he got upset with me. Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I can't go into some of the, the actual details about what I said to him or about what he said to me, unfortunately, but I'll tell you this for somebody who was so upset about not being able to get his social distance while he was shopping. He was certainly violating my space while talking to me and got upset when I asked him to give me the necessary space that was required. And that just 
that just blew the house off the conversation um and you know started to insult my my performance and when i think about these experiences i have you know i just i look back and i say like i'm here every day my staff is here every day and we we come in here and we we keep a good attitude even though we're scared even though we're fearful of what's going to happen and how long this is going to carry on for we still do with the best attitude that we can we're tired we're exhausted but we're doing the best that we can and I hear this a lot and people are like to me, you know what, you're going to get 10,000 people that tell you you're doing a great job and you're going to get 10 people that tell you you're the worst fucking person in the world. And my, you know, my conversation with them is that it's not about the fact that they're telling me that I'm bad. It's just about the level of ignorance that they have when you're not doing anything to better the cause or not doing nothing to help. Why do you think as a, a civilian that you have the right to walk up to somebody and be so disrespectful? That's my concern. And it has nothing to do with the current situation that we're in, the pandemic. I wish people would follow this every day. If you're not doing anything, and why do you think that it's okay that you can say what you say and, and people should have to be okay with that? And that was just, you know, and I, and, and even on top of that, I still tried to talk to this individual, still tried to, you know, reassure them that their, you know, their concerns that were brought to my attention were addressed right away. And this person looks at me and says, well, this experience fucked up my day, literally word for word, even as I was trying to show him, because what you, like I said, what you want to do is you, you want to show them that you're actually addressing their concerns. So I went and I found him as he was done. And I, you know, you know, provided some facts to him that we were, you know, we had taken action based on his concern. And that's, that was his response to me. Wow, this fucked up my day. And I was like, oh my God. And obviously the worst thing about that is, you, you know, me being the manager, I'm still just trying to give this guy the time and, you know, be patient and trying to maintain my composure when all I'm hearing from this guy is negative, 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 negative not being appreciative that we took his concern and we we actioned it uh just negativity 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 and and we don't need that we don't need that we have enough people right now that are negative that are doing shitty things being shitty people why do we need that type of energy surrounding us and i don't know it was just it was so unfortunate and i know this is a tough time i know it's a tough time for everybody man you know some people have lost their jobs some people that i know have lost their jobs you know, some people are trying to increase their prices, sell Purell wipes and sanitizers for ridiculous amounts of money that, you know, people just can't afford. And it's it's tough. And I get it. But I think people just need to look at this as an opportunity to say, I'm going to be the best person that I can be. I'm going to try to do what I can to help the cause. And and if more people I feel I feel and this is not me, I'm not saying that if everyone does, this, this is going to make anything better. But I think, remember, when you stand in across from somebody and remember that they they probably share the same fears that you do, but retaining some sense of normalcy and, and some respectful behavior, I think, is a, a real way to curb this as well, right? I think, obviously, it's going to run its course. It's going to do what it's going to do, and who knows how long that's going to last. But I think if, as people, we respect each other and we, you know, we show some common courtesy to everybody, I think it's going to be a much easier situation to navigate. I don't know if that's the case, but... Obviously, my optimism and, and having to be optimistic every day as I try to figure out how to deal with this and, and how to navigate what I need to do every day, 
in my profession is tough, man. It's definitely tough, but, you know, we'll get through it, though. There's no way we're not going to get through it. We're too tough, man. Fucking, we're tough as fuck. Everybody. Everybody's going to get through it. And, and my hope is that everybody comes out healthy. Everybody comes out a better person. And, you know, we move on from this shit. When we get back to living life as normal where you can go out, you can walk the streets, you can hang out with your friends. You know, you don't have to worry about keeping six feet of distance. And you can just genuinely go back to enjoying life. I hope people honestly have a, a better appreciation for for what we have available to us. It's for a lot of people, man. You, you're told you can't go outside. You can't do this. That's a tough thing for a lot of people. For me, man, like this is just my daily life, right? Like not having to go out and hang out. And as much as I love my friends and I love my family, and I do, I mean, you're not telling me nothing that doesn't make me happy, man. Stay inside and just do what you're going to do. And that's it. Great. Perfect. I'm good with that. Um, and yeah, but I do hope that this passes and, and everybody stays healthy. I definitely do. I definitely do hope that, but you know, I just wanted to share some of those stories because I think, I think it just, it's something that's happening too often for sure. Definitely something that's happening too often. And I want people to be better. Um, and that's, that's myself included. Like I, I, I got to talk myself through some scenarios sometimes and say, look, I want to react this way, but I'm going to react this way because this is the right way to do things. And this is just going to. She's going to make shit worse. So, but that's it for me, guys. I want to thank you guys for tuning in after a month. I apologize, but, um, you know, like I said, I want to thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you guys enjoy the episode. I know it's not, you know, talking about the virus and stuff isn't, you know, what most people want to hear, but I thought I'd share some of my experiences and my stories uh, with you guys through this tough time. And, you know, hopefully things get better real fucking soon. Thank you all for listening and I will see you guys soon, man.